This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. You might assume we're both good at presenting to a live audience because of this podcast. But at the end of the day, when we record, it really feels like we're just talking to one another. Presenting information in person in a formal setting to a large audience is something that still makes us really nervous. To prepare for a live speaking event we're hosting together, we turn to our masterclass subscription to not only refine our presentation skills, but to build our confidence in a different kind of public speaking capacity. Between Robin Roberts, Hillary Clinton, and Kevin Hart's expertise, our confidence skyrocketed. This year, learn from the best to become your best with Masterclass. Don't just talk about improving. Masterclass helps you actually do it. Masterclass offers over 180 world-class instructors. So whether you want to master negotiate with Chris Voss, think like a boss with Martha Stewart, or plan your dream wedding with celebrity event planner Mindy Wise, Masterclass has you covered. There are over 200 classes to pick from, with new classes added every month, like our latest aha moments from Robin Roberts' effective and authentic communication class that we watched before our event presentation. She taught us how to establish a genuine connection with the audience from the start. I'll always be a little nervous before presenting, but Masterclass prepared us in a way that dialed my nerves down and gave me tools to ground myself. Plus, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so there's no risk. And right now, our listeners get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash shrinkchicks. Get 50% off right now at masterclass.com slash shrinkchicks. Masterclass.com slash shrinkchicks. Hi there. You're about to listen to one of the original Shrink Chicks episodes. We think it's so amazing that you're here, but we do have to warn you that what might not be so amazing is the sound quality of this episode. We started this podcast in Emily, my bedroom back in 2019 with two really bad mics, one mediocre recording device, and zero idea about what we were doing. If you are sensitive to sound quality, we encourage you to check out season two and beyond where we learned a little bit more about podcasting and also we just outsourced our audio. Thanks so much for being here and enjoy today's episode. Welcome back to Shrink Chicks. Welcome to Shrink Chicks. We have an amazing topic today. Because everyone, like when we talked about, like, should we talk about family dynamics? Like, I'm like, I can't even tell you how many people message into our Instagram being like, please, we can't wait and for we this. And we said we were going to do it so many times. And, and now, now we're, we're finally doing it. Doing it <laughs> and we think it's going to take multiple episodes to so get through it. we're just going to start and we're going to learn a whole bunch. And here's the takeaway. There's a few things we want you to remember here today. Um, one, it would be probably helpful for you to have a notebook or a journal out or something to write some stuff. We're also going to put all of this information on our Instagram. So if you don't follow our Instagram, we're going to put all of these questions and places for thoughts. Here's another thing. You are the expert on your own life. You have lived experience. Jen and I have some fancy degrees and, and read some books. So and fancy. We do this, but you are the expert on you. We're telling you this information to help you so you can understand. Jen and I, when we were in grad school said it was the most expensive therapy but the best <laughs> but therapy the best therapy we could, we could have ever had was learning all this and what our goal is is to share it with you and make it fun and while make we it do fun it. yes because we believe you know this this is therapy shouldn't be this guru fucking position we want to give you the information you know so if anything doesn't relate to you 
then don't take it. Throw it out the window. Throw it the fuck out. Don't worry about that, right? If stuff does relate to you, that's great. But it's not a one-size-fits-all. This is just food for thought for you guys. So we're going to get into it, but keep that all in mind. So one of the reasons why we wanted you to get out a notebook or a pad of paper is that we want you to write down your family tree. Yes. So draw a picture of your family tree. Yes. This is what we call a genogram. Doesn't have to be in tree form. It does not. We call this a genogram. Could be, can, it could be yeah. weed form, flower oh. form. <laughs> <laughs> a bush form. Bush yes. form. But, right. So like to think about like one of the things we're going to have you start to talk and think about here in a moment is we'll go slowly with these questions so you have some more time to process. What was your role in your family of origin? Were you the peacekeeper? Were you the scapegoat? Were you the protector? Were you Were, the troublemaker? Mm-hmm. What was your role? Right. What did what did your parents tell you about yourself? Yes. Right? Like if you were doing something, would say, oh, you're so good. You're such a good kid. Mm-hmm. Um, or were you the one who was always getting in trouble? Right? Like you're the troublemaker. What was told to you about who you are and what role did you assume? Absolutely. Okay. So then where are you in your birth order? Are you an only child? Are you the youngest, the oldest? And how did that impact things? Right? Oldest kids are sometimes told that they need to look out for the younger ones and that's part of their job and family obligation. A lot of times um, younger ones can feel um, resentful that the older ones already took the roles, right? So just have a general idea about how you felt around your family with your siblings. And then how'd your family respond to emotions? How'd they respond to happiness, to sadness? How are these things processed and expressed in your home? If you were sad, would they shut you down? Would they tell you you're not allowed to feel that way um, in maybe covert or overt ways of saying it? Um, If you were happy, would they shut you down, right? Or if you were sad, would they get sad or would Mm. they get worried? And then you had to take care of them. Right, then you had to take care of them. So, So really think about the times in which you were the most emotional how were adults in your life responding to you Mm -hmm. and the next one how were your parents relationships with their families and this is part of the reason why we want you to draw a family tree is that these things are very much passed down generations Mm -hmm. right so it's possible that the information that your parents got in their families they passed it down to Mm -hmm. you they reacted to you, responded to you, and the ways in which their parents would respond to them. Mm-hmm. So really understanding what your parents were, rela- relationships were in each of their family of origin, how that might have been transferred into your relationships with them. Okay. And then so how were these hard conversations had, right? Was it always that it was a fight? Was it that, um, you know, I've heard people talk about like that they actually pass notes underneath their doors to be able to communicate because they could only do it through writing. Or was it everyone separate, everyone separate. go to your rooms and then let's sweep it under the rug yep. and not talk about it at all. Right. So what does this look like? And then how did those boundaries look like? What was acceptable to talk about in your home? Who was in charge of punishment or consequences? Um, what was expected of you about communicating? You know, was there a differentiation in in your household between privacy and secrecy mm. that's a good one to look at your family and also boundaries physical boundaries yes. right so like were you allowed to lock your doors mm-hmm. right were doors always did you have a door were you did allowed you to have, have a, a door yeah. right i was gonna say that like i have talked to some clients and and i remember someone saying something like their parent took their door yes. off the hinges yes, in yeah. some way right that's it was a, a consequence right yeah. and that's a physical boundary mm-hmm. that right taken away that from you. you're yeah. not allowed to have that privacy yep um, and so, so to really look at what are the emotional boundaries and what are the physical boundaries mm-hmm. that you grew up with. Yeah. And so 
then what it goes to is like how what were the family rules right so was it a family rule of like whatever we don't talk outside the family like this is family business you ever heard that one before oh, yeah. right this is family business we don't say anything um for some of us their family rules like like it's interesting like I can even talk about my parents both my parents left home at a really early age and felt like they needed to get away from their parents so my mom who grew up in New York moved to Arizona my dad who grew up in Philadelphia moved to California mm-hmm. like they felt like they couldn't survive which is so Disney-esque have you ever like noticed that like in Disney movies the the parents have to be killed off yeah why for is the that? kids to define themselves I don't know it's almost like they can't do it with their parents well, there and it's like, also like it's their parents have died and they need to be saved in yes, some way yes right right like, like because their parents have died someone else needs to save yes them. it's such a fucking Disney thing about like you have to get away from your parents which makes us all feel like we have to have this physical disconnect we have to have a physical boundary I can't tell you how many clients I've had say to me well, I don't, I don't want to say this out loud, but when my parents die, then I'll get to be myself. Mm. So there's this thing that we got, which is that, like, I can't be me until they're gone or, like, I, I'm so stuck or, like, it's th- there's, like, this pressure, right? And so whether that is overt or covert, we're going to talk about boundaries. And it's a signal that you're living for your parents and what they want as opposed mm. to what you want. And who the fuck wants to do that? No one wants to do that, right? It causes some issues. <laughs> it causes some issues, right? But if you take it away, then what happens to you, right? If your family role is that I'm the good kid and I'm the good daughter, well, then if I boundary with my parents and I don't follow the family rules, I'm not, fuck that. You I'm, lose your identity. And then who the hell am I? Right. And then who am I? And then you have to build that up for yourself, which is scary it can be really scary like who am i if i'm not being the good kid and this is important for you all to know that jen and i are the good kids in our families so basically we're talking about our own issues <laughs> so really what it's important to know is part of this was developed because we like we were. and we were like the family therapist right like a lot of people we've talked about this before is like therapy is a calling right which is that people will always come to you about their stuff and like so like this is family friends whatever this looks like so jen and i and our family we're going to use ourselves as an example to show you how we do this and so us talking about losing our identity by changing that in our family dynamics we then created it in our professional (laughs) lives (laughs) right so we were so scared to lose people needing us we literally (laughs) became therapists because we didn't know what else to do we're doing it in a maybe healthy way we're not sure yet i don't know at least we get paid for it now it's something before it was free um (laughs) and very unhealthy so we're going to talk a little bit about like the different like uh, some different types of uh, boundaries, how to do that, but we're going to do this through all of your amazing questions. So let's start us the fuck Let's off. get into it. All right. Um, okay. We're going tips for setting boundaries with parents. It seems like we're much more connected than past generations. I think that that's true. I think it's true too. I do think we have, for many of us, have a better relationship with our parents than maybe they have with their grandparents. And I think that is a generational thing that it was like so structural. Before it was like always like the parents or the mom and dad or the head of the household Mm -hmm. and they're who's in charge. And so you don't tell them stuff because you're sneaking around. Where I feel like um, the baby boomer generation did it a little bit differently Mm -hmm. which is why they think you know why there's this bullshit about millennials getting um getting what's that called Uh, uh, coddled coddled yeah i was gonna say you know what's that prize you get when you just like Mm -hmm. did okay 
Um, <laughs> oh, like a trophy? Like yeah, like a participation like, trophy. Oh, participation Which, trophy. frankly, is by far definitely the only trophy I've ever had in my entire life. Like, and also, like, I always felt really good about that. I really liked I was the like, trophy. Thank you so much. And then we would go out for pizza. It yes. Was just, like, a very when I was in experience. second grade and I was on the Warthogs soccer oh, team, I got a participation soccer. trophy. And it really meant a lot to me. It's because it's in a very important yes. trophy. We're clearly Which millennials. Is, yes, clearly millennials. And, okay, but wait, when, oh, yes, serious question. Yes. And I know I'm off topic. I'm Doesn't so matter. Sorry. Yeah. What would you get during halftime? Orange slices. Orange slices. Yeah. I was just talking to my husband about this. He said something weird. I forget what it was. What did he say? I was like, oh, like, what did you get during halftime when you were playing soccer? Was he it was cool? Like, like Dunkaroos oh, or some shit? Yeah. Oh. No, it like, wasn't even cool. It was some like carrots or something. Lame. I was like, no, what? you got orange you slices. You got orange slices. Yes, yeah, so that's anyway, what you got at halftime. I'm sorry, I got okay, no, that's amazing. I loved every part of it. But you know what's interesting, right? So, like, that meant so much to us. But interesting. Okay, so, like, like I said before, I'm a mom. I have a toddler. Now, you know, I'm at the age really, you know, before a year and a half, you're not actually parenting. You're just keeping them alive. You're more just like life and death, right? So, because you're like, don't fucking eat that outlet and don't, you know, throw yourself into this water. Like, it's really your (laughs) more... outlet. It's actually impressive. (laughs) My daughter, who like literally loves shoving her fingers and stuff. Oh, and was eating a phone uh, charger the other day. Yeah, Okay, so like the beginning, you're not doing anything. But then you get to like, you know, toddler age and you're like, I got to figure out how to parent and how to like do this. And so we follow the Montessori method which is really interesting it's a whole other thing we'll have to do if anyone has any questions about that but their thing is they do feedback not positive reinforcement Hmm. so like I'm supposed to say to her like oh like instead of being like oh good job you you um pet the dog nicely you're supposed to say look at you petting the dog nicely just like that's it acknowledging yes. what they're doing because it's supposed to breed independence interesting independence in a connected way yes right? yeah yeah so it's yeah Where so I really like it that's how we do in our house I but which is a great idea but which is super interesting so I also feel like baby boomer is the reason they gave so much positive reinforcement to millennials is because they didn't have it and right. they felt so disconnected was, from their parents right there was there was this idea of like children should be seen but not heard in some way right which mm-hmm. is like there's such like a disconnected yes. thing there right and so um because of that maybe the baby boomer boomers over gave to yeah. millennials right like i'm gonna give them everything that i didn't have don't you hear that a lot yes like, i gave you i want to yes. give you everything that i didn't have yeah in some right. way um and don't i also like you have to wonder if how much of that is like if we look at the context of that time mm-hmm. you had how many people coming back with ptsd from war right how many people disconnected from their families because of this war it makes a lot of sense that parents were only able to give a limited amount to totally. their kids and and as we talk about this, mm-hmm. uh, parents are, for the most part, doing their best, the best that they can. That they can. That they can. It doesn't mean it's the best for you, and it doesn't mean it's the healthiest for right. you, but it's what they got. It's in, yeah, it's what's in their range of capability. And so as we talk about this, we want to emphasize the fact that being able to acknowledge this for yourself is not something you're doing that's against your parents in some way. It doesn't mean your parents are bad people. Absolutely not. They did what was in their capability, Mm -hmm. the things that they could do. Um, Because I think that that's really hard for some people is that they feel like if they acknowledge some of these things um, that was in their family growing up that may be hurting them now, that it feels like they're going against their parents in some way. And so it keeps them from really acknowledging some of these things. And to be able to acknowledge it means you have the ability to change it and you have the ability to set those boundaries and, and do something different than what was happening in your family. And so 
Acknowledging it doesn't mean that you're saying your parents are bad. No, not at all. Or that they were bad parents or that and they did contrary wrong. to most belief about therapists, we don't blame the, the parents for no. everything. It's just it's it's not about good or bad. It's just about what was and what is. Right. It's not like we have to stop making it about, you know, this good or bad thing. I am thrilled that the weather is finally warming up here in Philly. I went to switch out my closet the other day from my fall winter wear to my spring summer wear and noticed that I very much needed a refresh. So thank goodness for Quince that allows me to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune. Now I have a lineup of timeless pieces that keep me looking effortlessly chic year after year. I refresh my closet with the high-waisted linen shorts that come in multiple colors and patterns, the comfiest cotton tees, and my latest favorite, the smocked mini dress. And don't miss out on their accessories. Quince has the coolest sunglasses and 14 karat gold jewelry to complete any look. The best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, making me feel even better about my purchases. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash shrinkchicks for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash shrinkchicks to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash shrinkchicks. A really fun fact about me that you might not know is that if I let my hair dry natural, it is a frizzball mess, which is one of the many reasons I absolutely love pros. I truly never thought that I would be able to embrace my natural hair texture. Ever since I switched to a custom hair routine with pros, I've noticed so many benefits. Less frizzy hair, yes, but beyond that too. My hair is shinier, healthier, and so much more manageable. Filming the podcast every week makes checking out my hair unavoidable, and I have felt so much more confident on camera thanks to pros. Pros is made for people, not hair and skin types. Personalization is rooted in everything they do. The custom shampoo and conditioner combo, plus the hydrating leave-in conditioner and hair oil keeps the frizz at bay. It also makes for the smoothest blowout. People keep asking me if I got my hair cut or went to the salon, which is of course the highest compliment. Pros isn't just better for you, it's better for the planet. They're certified B Corp cruelty free and the first and only carbon neutral custom beauty brand. They even have a review and refine tool which learns from my feedback and adjusts my formula to keep up with the seasons and changes in my life. I used this feature when I moved to my temporary house in New Jersey, back to my house house post construction project in Pennsylvania. Environmental factors like water source is something that Pros takes into consideration with their customization. So it was very cool that I had the ability to update my location. Pros is so confident that you'll bring out your best hair and skin, and they're offering an exclusive trial offer of 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash shrinkchicks. So you get a free consultation, then 50% off at pros.com slash shrinkchicks. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash shrinkchicks. Okay. So tips for setting boundaries with parents. <laughs> we went into a totally, we went into a totally different thing. <laughs> we're going to go back to this. This is, so, this is a bigger this is So a bigger thing. there's a few things you're going to have to do, which is you're going to have to define what kind of boundaries you need. Right. Is it physical? Is it mental? Is it emotional? Right. Right. And the reason why this might be difficult is because this has probably been happening for your entire life. Yeah, that sounds correct. And, <laughs> right. and so you might not even recognize that it is something that you can change. Mm-hmm. Like there might be these unspoken rules in your family that yeah. like, 
when your parents call, you're supposed to pick up. Yeah. Right? That like you need to be available to them well, it's whenever also like, they want you to be and available. It's, and it is this really unique situation, especially if we look at first generation or immigrant children. Mm-hmm. Um, some of them had to sometimes act as the parent towards their parents, right? If you are a first generation child and you speak English, mm-hmm. right? Let's say they come to the United States and your parents don't. Right. Maybe you would have to fill out paperwork. Yes. Maybe you'd have to help them with taxes. Maybe you'd have to communicate for them. Yes. And that wasn't anything that your parents put on. It's just sort of what happened. So I think it's really important to also look at what happened for your parents and yes. what the situation was. And so there's an example about parents like being more needy and needing a different type of boundary. So, and that is called parentification, right? Oh, when yeah. Kids, you're just going to drop the terms yes. on you. When, when kids are expected to grow up and be take kind of a parental role yes, from yeah. early. Another example is like when parents get divorced, mm. right? Um, and if, if you're the oldest child and you have a lot of younger siblings, and we talked about this earlier, and you were expected to take care of those younger yeah. siblings. So let's say you're going back and forth between the two houses and it's your job to make sure so-and-so has all their notebooks and all of their, um, and all of their stuffed animals, right? And so it's like, oh, okay, little uh, Melanie, uh, make sure you have all my stuff. Like, like, would you have all your stuff here? And it starts you. And so some of these people, it's interesting because we had a, one of our other episodes we did was about like the decision to have children or not a lot of people that were parentified from an early age either don't want to have children right. or really are on like want to do it later in life or because sometimes they get resentful yeah they because they feel like children. i've already raised someone they're like right they're, they're like, like yeah, i already did this yeah i did yeah, this. i already did the parenting and thing even if it's not parenting your siblings sometimes if your parents have not received the emotional care that they needed from their parents yeah. sometimes they will put that onto their children right and there's this expectation oh because you're my child you're supposed to take care of me yeah absolutely. right so if if your parent was also parentified in their relationship with their parent then they will expect the same thing from you and then you know what we call that term destructive entitlement let's just turn this into a song that was beautiful thank you thanks guys you can really thank my parents for uh paying um for about two weeks of voice voice lessons lessons. i I did every activity how old were you i did every activity for two weeks good we we should actually get my mom the episode and she could probably tell you the actual timeline i'm pretty sure i lasted two to three weeks in every single activity i've done every activity that was like adhd where you're just like i'm gonna do this then i'm gonna do this i think i didn't like that i wasn't good at it immediately and i was like Mm, not for me then like unless unless i was perfect i was like not for me let's 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 bounce out of here ellen i'm fucking done fair Um, ellen get me out of here okay so destructive entitlement so destructive entitlement can come from if you're let's say your parents had like a really hard upbringing like they went through severe trauma they went through abuse and they then get to parenthood and like you fuck this i've done it like i've earned my goddamn keep and they sometimes they feel very entitled in other relationships and they become destructive because of that right like let's say they gave they totally were here's another term a mesh they were totally fused onto you they gave you everything they worked a billion jobs Mm. for you and they did everything put their whole romantic life on hold you know whatever it is especially from single parents and then you become an adult and they're like what about me Right. I made my whole life about right. you. Like, Shouldn't you make it all about you me? You should take care of me now. Right? Where those ba- those are where the boundaries are skewed. Yes. Right? If you were parentified as a child um, and you grow up and then you have children. Or if you're in, or if you're in, uh, um, infanticized as a child. In, in infantilized. Fan- infantilized. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> or if we that, have fantasies. Right. Um, I could really go <laughs> Mariah Carey with that one. Um, yeah. So if you... <laughs> It's just, once again, it's just going to turn into an episode of American Idol. 
if this turns into a singing show, we will lose every single listener that we have because 100%. my voice Same. sounds like grated cheese that a sewer rat played with. I don't know. That, the joke didn't go as well. It. It's okay. We, you, it's we know where you were going with it. Guys, sometimes I'm trying and you just try too hard. All right, next <laughs> thing. Okay, so tips. So, but in fan, no, that's a good point. That yeah, sometimes when in- you're infantilized. So if you think about it, uh, and I think this is a really important thing to talk about, that parents have a really tough time transitioning. So transitioning when, as you're getting older too, right? So the transitions and, and growing up doesn't just require, um, you to grow up and age it also requires your parents to relate to you in a different way so it requires them to transition too and sometimes that's really difficult especially if parents uh, for example put all of their identity into being a parent i think also a lot of it depends on the context right if you were like the let's say the family scapegoat at Mm. a young age and you really struggled and you know you went through your stuff and then you're doing really well and uh, but sometimes your family can stop seeing you that way Mm. or or not stop seeing you that way like they already have you in this the scapegoat so they always think of you that way and then you can regress back into it like you go anyone else ever go home i want you to all think about this for one you ever go home for the holidays and you're like what am i fucking 15 fighting with my mom again yes. like what is happening and you're like so pissed you're like why reason. why like, am why i am in my I 30s and like caring that my stuff. mom makes a comment about my clothes like who gives a fuck but like you can like just completely regress and that can happen to a lot of us in our childhood homes and that's oh yeah and that's something yeah. that is an example of you being triggered there is some old stuff there yes. that is tr- being triggered there's something that's coming up for you so notice when you go home and you have the that kind of regression and you're like why do i feel like mm-hmm. all of a sudden i'm a teenager what are the specific things that are triggering you yeah yeah is it your mom commenting on your clothes right is it like this criticism that maybe you felt um, yeah, well, I mean, especially right, like if you dealt with tra- like diet trauma growing up, right? Like if you had like a family that was very into watching what you eat and making comments about weight and making comments about other people's weight, you might go home and your mom makes a really simple comment about your clothes and it just sets you the fuck off. Oh, yeah. And that brings up all that diet trauma again, right? So like this can all go together. So, okay. So now, because <laughs> I know we don't answer. We have not <laughs> we answered our questions. Right? We just go into. We just go to. Okay. So, so this, is a, this is a good segue is how do you set boundaries with those parents right okay if you notice that you're being triggered there is something there that is affecting you there's something in your relationship where something's coming up for you and so you really got to work on Mm. whatever that is internally yeah work through that because the goal here is to be as differentiated as possible okay so here's what i think um so like i said before i think you have to figure out what type of boundaries you're gonna have to set right so for some of us let's go with sort of things like let's go through some examples right so physical boundaries is maybe you have a parent who comes into your home or shows up at your house without calling for a lot of us that's really not appropriate and we're not okay with it and like we said like there's no right or wrong this is up to you to make those family dynamics and rules personally in our house we expect everyone to call before they come we've never had an issue with this um i feel like that's something that used <laughs> so, to be a thing before cell phones where like people maybe just, oh maybe that's totally I remember, true yeah. i remember friends like in like fourth i was a very anti-social child would just um, show up at your house would just show up at my house did they live in your neighborhood Actually, i don't know if they were there no there was i remember there was like i grew up next to my best friend and we would show up at each other's houses me but, too uh, yeah. and that was fine it was yeah. someone i like actually wasn't good friends with and they would just show up at my house i think that was a thing does that person listen to this show? I doubt it. Let's hope not. I doubt it. Right. Because you were an appropriate person. Right. Okay. <laughs> you were a child. You were desperate. Okay. Right. So, all right. So, so there's an example of like physical boundaries. Like, or also physical boundaries, a big thing we teach in our house is like, um, you know, 
we say to our daughter do you want to give grandma a kiss mm. not give grandma a kiss do you want to give mommy a hug right like we always ask permission because mm-hmm. we want her to have like full consent right so that's also physical boundaries and in a lot of families there's like this expectation you show up for christmas you got to give a kiss to uncle tom dick and harry and you don't want to fucking do that because you're not comfortable with physical and that is something that i really encourage parents to do in their household which is teach children to say no to physical well it's also it's like an unspoken rule that you don't have the ability that other people's needs or other people's wants are more important than yours right like his his hurt feelings because he's gonna be hurt in some way um like when i had uh when i was younger and we would have family members come over if I wasn't smiling, my Oof. mom would look at me and smile at me to try to make me smile. Like it, that it that almost, actually makes me cringe, dude. I know. Like it almost wasn't okay for me to yeah. express. And what a I lot was of feeling. that was because probably your mom had anxiety about making other people happy, exactly. being a people pleaser, right? And if she sure wasn't thinking mom, about you, her her mom did yeah. the same exact thing to her. Absolutely. So this was an unspoken rule. And what do we call that? Intergenerational transmission, transmission process. process. So good. So good. So so it's something to know is that that was an unspoken rule. I would have never known this. I would have never understood this unless I learned this shit. Became a therapist myself. Yeah. Okay. So tips for sitting back. Okay. So so physical would be it's one, you can teach children from a young age. You can also say, like, oh, um, I mean, actually physical boundaries is something we should really talk about with COVID, which is right now, like having really hard conversations of like, well, I'm really, I'm not comfortable giving hugs right now. We're not comfortable taking our mask off. And, you know, who else have you been seeing? These make us feel uncomfortable, but I think are important conversations to have, right? Emotional boundaries. How much do you let get to you? You can care without caring. You can care less without being careless. These are your mantras. Take them to the goddamn grave. So, and I, you don't have to be an asshole to set boundaries. This I, and this requires a differentiation of self. And what that is is the capacity to think and reflect, and to not respond automatically to emotional pressures. So this is one of the hardest things in our yes. relationships with our family of origin because this is where all of this shit gets dredged up. Mm-hmm. Right, So if you're home and your mom or dad is reacting to you in a similar way that they would have reacted to you when you were younger, then it's going to be very triggering for you. And so in the past, you might be very reactive to this, but after you listen to this podcast and realize you'll probably still be reactive you but you'll maybe still be reactive <laughs> but maybe you'll but identify goal, it <laughs> but the goal is to identify it and recognize it because sometimes the way in which to set these boundaries to set these boundaries through communication is to really recognize um, what you're feeling first mm-hmm. so that you're able to respond to them without reacting right so like if mom criticizes you for something and your reaction to it would have been like mom what the fuck like why are you talking to me like this or getting angry storming out slamming doors whatever Mm -hmm. it is that's a reaction and so your ability to recognize what that's triggering for you and to work through that yourself and then go to mom and be like hey mom you know it's it makes me really uncomfortable when you make comments like that Mm -hmm. right so the reaction is something that isn't going to ignite a change it's going to be the same cycle that you've been in since you were younger but your ability to recognize what it triggers for you and then respond to them without reacting 
is a differentiation of self. I love that. Okay, so that beautiful, beautiful yeah. Jen, as always, awesome. my love. <laughs> okay, so then, so then, tips for setting boundaries with parents, right? So here's what I would say: it's it's that ability to respond, mm-hmm. and I think it's also just for you to first sit down and you to develop what are my boundaries, yes. right? Another question somebody asked, and I think this can go into it, is how to set boundaries with parents who think you should share every detail of your life with them. Mm. You're going to need to define for yourself what's the difference between privacy and secrecy. You are allowed and entitled to privacy in your life. Yes. But we, some of us, grew up in families that didn't believe in that. Right. And were told that it was a secret and you're bad for keeping it. Because the family is not supposed to keep secrets. Exactly. Right. So like, you when have that, to tell each other everything when, because you're family. That's and the, a rule. That's, that was the family rule, right? Here's the thing. When you become an adult... You can change those rules. So for you to define yourself what's privacy and what's secrecy. Mm. For a lot of us, like maybe we'll talk about like your dating life. Like like that's like a private thing, right? Your dating life, your sex life. But like a lot of times, you know, you show up for a family event. Someone's like, you're dating anyone? And most of the time they're just making random conversations. conversations. They, don't they don't know, know what, what else the hell to else to say. Yes. <laughs> but it can feel so intrusive, especially if we're going through some type of thing. So for you to say, like, here are the things that I'm going to deem private in my life and I'm going to choose to not answer them. And you can just simply, one, say, like, um, thank you so much for asking. Like, you know, uh, I'll let you know when there's any updates on that front. Right. Like, like you can just say. Just because people are asking doesn't a mean question shit. doesn't mean you have to respond to mm-hmm. it. And that in itself is your boundary. And so, and sometimes we don't, once again, we don't even recognize that we have the choice to not respond to it. We're like, oh, because my mom is asking me this question, it means I have to tell her. That is not true at all. You yeah. don't have to tell her anything. No, not at all, and, right? And, so, and still, you don't have to be an asshole about it. For, for a lot of us, the only way we were able to guess distance was like anger. So like, that's the thing is like, like the, what the emotion of anger does is pushes people away. It sets it's setting yes. a boundary in a reactive way. Exactly, right? So anger like pushes people away or scares them away. Um, and so that was the only way we knew how to get some distance. And we can choose in our adult life to not do that anymore. Mm-hmm. Right? And like, and it's going to be hard and it's going to take a while for it to be implemented. I think that's the important thing is that when you start making some of these dynamic changes, they don't happen. It's not instant gratification. A lot of this is planting the seed mm-hmm. and it eventually it blooms. So, and this ties into this one, advice on parents that do not believe in therapy and therefore undermine it. What would you say, what would you say to this one? I this has got to be so many well, parents. Well, I, I think it, because also therapists like we're known as like blame the parents. So like parents yeah. get like freaked out about well, the kids well, therapy. Well, I think it ties into the privacy thing is that you don't have to let your parents know you're in therapy. Oh god, yeah. Right? Like it is none of your therapy's about you. It is none of their business. And it's something you can consent to your own treatment at the age of 14. Yeah. My guess is the person in the state of Pennsylvania. This, in the state of Pennsylvania. We don't know sorry, anything else. Right? We yeah. don't know anything else. Yes. Um, but it, what that means is you can go to therapy and and you don't have the therapist doesn't tell your parents a thing. Yeah. It the is hard part you. is I mean if your parents if you're a teenager and like going on your parents insurance. That's what's hard. Yeah. That's like a whole but, thing. Yeah. But so your parents not believing in therapy undermining it routinely that's something that's going on with them right i think it also tells you how they treat their own mental health absolutely how, exactly how other people how people treat your mental health tells you exactly how they treat their own and so i think what i would say is that's really sad and it, i think that that's really sad your parents don't think they deserve a place to process 
and to grow and to heal and so of course they're not going to be able to acknowledge and give you that space i think that therapy is scary too for some people because it would mean right so like for for parents whose children are in therapy or adult kids who are in therapy it means that they're acknowledging all the pain that they maybe went through that's coming up for them now and which might trigger some insecurities for your parents well and also if your parents way of connecting with you was like to hear all this information and then you start setting up all these boundaries they're gonna be like fuck your therapist i mean that's that's a reason people don't like when you switch dynamics and boundaries that's that's, scary that's something to talk about is that when you change something in your dynamic that has been there for years and years and years people are going to respond to it or react to it in a different way and that needs to be okay yeah you can still set boundaries and know that other people are going to have a difficult time with it and that that's okay it's not your responsibility to change that for them so if you are saying to your mom listen I don't want to tell you every detail you know it's something that I want to keep private and mom reacts to that that is something that's going on with mom yeah that does not mean you need to change those boundaries Mm -hmm. you get to still set those boundaries for yourself that's you taking care of you and not you taking care of mom absolutely Um, okay, so somebody had said p- parents are well-meaning conservatives who say ignorant things. How to navigate this conflict? Everyone, I can't. Jen is looking at me like knowing I personally can't answer this because I'm having issues I- with my in-laws. <laughs> this is really <laughs> tough. Well-meaning conservatives who may say ignorant things. So I think you're going to have to decide for yourself what lane you're going to be in. Yeah. We all have in, we've talked about this before, we believe therapy is political. We believe therapy can lead to social change. Jen and I are very liberal people. Um, You're going to have to decide what your lane is. Is your lane education? Is your lane financial donating? Is your lane volunteering? Um, For some of us, it's not going to be being able to talk sense or have conversations. So I guess you're going to have to say like, define like what works i i would i like to encourage conversations i we believe in hard conversations we believe hard conversations lead to change but you have to decide what is hit (laughs) what's affecting your mental health yeah and and we believe in hard conversations that move to change but some people aren't willing there there is yeah you can tell when people are they're not going to be willing to change and they don't they're not going to listen Right, so it's about making a decision um, on what you're going to move forward with, yeah. Um, what is going to create change that you want, and then what is going to be hurtful to you in yeah. some way. What's going to be hurtful to yeah. your mental health? So, okay, um, so I had to navigate those conversations. I would first of all, when a comment is made, to say. You know, I don't know if you have all the information on that. Um, could I share with you what I have learned about that subject? Yes. That's how I would start it. It started out as an invitation to share information, which all of us, especially white people, are still learning, right? And for you to say something I've learned about, you know, my views or like my privilege in this and like to use yourself as the example, not use them as the mm. example. Um, it's really easy for people to get defensive everything is very polarized right now and the closer we get to the election it's just going to be more and more um so you're going to have to just like decide like what's going to work i think that's a good example in that in communication the 
more that you start with I mm-hmm. um, and the less you jump to blame, the less yeah. the other person's going to get defensive, yeah. right? So if you start with here's what I learned, here's my take on it, here's what I think, you're creating a, a more of an open conversation, mm-hmm. less of a you know triggering conversation in some way yeah absolutely and like one of the things you can also think about like a technique of disarmament which is always finding some truth in what they're saying like Mm -hmm. i could really see how you could feel that way i've also thought that way before right let me tell you what i've learned and changed with right and then educating them on the work that you have done because we shouldn't be coming from like a holier than thou one up pedestal we should be educating on people on also of the own work we've done you can take that into your romantic relationship too. God, that is such a good to acknowledge what yes. they're saying, what they're feeling. I know this is not the topic. Yes. But and discernment, find some truth in what right. your partner's saying. Find right? some truth, acknowledge what they're saying, and then be able to to express your feelings. Yes. Yeah. Um perfect. Great. Okay. Um uh, what to do when your family is really close and calls all the time, but your fiance's family does not. So my first question to the question, which is our favorite thing to do oh, as question therapists, to question, question yes. to a question, is what does that mean to your fiance? Like, I guess the question is like, does is he that, have a problem does with Does he it? have an yeah. issue with and that? And do you have an issue? And do you want that, right? So like you guys come from these two different, the cool thing about being an adult and the cool thing about like, you know, being in a relationship and growing and shit is like, you get to decide what worked from your family of origin and you get to decide what didn't and you get to take the good and you can leave the rest. And people like, don't really talk about that when they enter into relationships. Yes. But they should. Listen, we are big believers in going to therapy before you get married, yeah. while you're married. It doesn't. It we is, love premarital work. We love premarital work. Yeah. But it gives you an opportunity to... Well, I think people have shame also. I've heard like clients be like, oh, but we're not even married. We're going to couples counseling. Yeah. Fuck yeah, man. They get because... Hell yeah! Because there's such a stigma, like, oh, if you're going to couples counseling, the some, there's something wrong in your relationship. No! no you're, everyone, I think... You're proactive. Every, you're proactive. There's... Nothing is ever going to be perfect. Think about it as preventative medicine. Oh, or preventative maintenance on your house. Wow. Right? Like getting your air conditioner cleaned exactly. out before it's due or something. Oh, I was thinking about like getting the flu shot, right? So like, yeah. Same, right, same right, Preventative. Thing. Preventative <laughs> maintenance, right? It does not mean there's something yes. wrong. Um, and I think it's also good to talk about like you're right like you come from two very different families of how they communicate of how they have boundaries and it would be really good to say about like all right so here's how your works here's how mine works what do we want to do not just what's happening here but so like that conversation say so like what to do when your family's really close I would say first of all ask your fiance how they feel about it and I want you to ask yourself how you feel about it do you like talking to your family this much is it just the norm what would you want and then if it comes out that you guys want something to change then I think for you guys to discuss how you'd want to do that like how do you you set those boundaries together do you only text every day in the group chat do you not call do you you know say to your family I'm not available this time right and what would that mean for you when you make that change for a lot of us our fear with putting up boundary is that we will get left Mm. is that we'll get pushed out so and and this is where creating these boundaries in your new created nuclear family it's going to require your family of origin to also transition right so like every Mm -hmm. transition that you make in your family is going to require other people to transition too and if you don't allow yourself to transition and say do i want these boundaries in this new created family um, and what does that look like? If you don't allow that to happen, then things are going to stay the same and it might cause issues in your new created family. Yes, yeah. 
So it requires transitions. And I think I think a lot of the time when we get into trouble is that we don't allow ourselves to make these transitions yeah. because change is very scary. So it's scary. very hard in our relationships. Absolutely. Um, but we think that, okay, when I go to college, um, there's a transition there, right? When I get married, there's a transition there. And, and your, the fact of the matter is your relationships transition consistently over time. Yes. And it is healthy to allow them to transition and to say, okay, well, what do mm. I want this transition to look like? Right? So, like, when it's you get like married. It's like water, man. Like, you got to be able to float and move with Flow the river. With the yeah, water, right? You right? got to, like, go with the Trans- But transitions what's just are upon scary. the river bends. Oh <laughs> Listen, I am your voice. I think it's getting better as you keep singing <laughs> you in think? the episode. Yeah, feels that I way. I think you should create the jingle at the beginning of. That seems like a great way to lose I, every single I listener play, we have. I could play like the triangle in the background. <laughs> yes. Oh, we didn't even talk about triangulation. Okay, oh wait. Oh my God. Great segue. Wait, right? Okay. So what, we'll go to the next question. All right. So how do you deal with a, this person? This is breaking my heart. How do you deal with a helicopter mother-in-law who feels replaced and threatened by me? I've been around for five years. First of all, fuck. I'm so sorry. Yeah. That is That's my, a You know what? You are, I really believe you are not the only one. Yes. No, no, there no. There is no. like a mother-son kind of dynamic. Thing. Yeah, that I think happens. Well, especially if there is a widow situation and there's a divorce situation, if there is disengagement situation, if the son this was is expected, triangulation. Yes, if the All son. Right, let's was explain ex- what it is. Yes, if the son was expected okay. to be a pseudo parent, yeah. if the father was disengaged. Okay, so here's what we're gonna talk about. First of all, what you guys should all know: therapy is a female-dominated field, and white men are the main names we have in all of it. And what does that tell you? It tells you we got a patriarchal society. <laughs> so when we talk to you about some of these theories. Please keep in mind the lens that they are coming from, which is a Eurocentric, white-centered um, deal. Because that's who one had money to publish. That's who got, you know, seen as professional in fields. It was white males, right? Female-dominated field, all created by white men. So keep that in mind. Okay. <laughs> so, but let's talk to you a little bit about one of the most common things that has been seen, which is we talk about the, um, the dynamic of triangulation. And so what this is often talking about is we're going to take like, um, um, and it's also, we should, oh, it's also white centric, but it's also completely heteronormative. So it's always talking about heterosexual relationships, right? So we're talking about what they is like. So we have um, um, a husband and a wife and their child. And let's say husband's out working, mom stay at home. So we, so it starts to be that husband gets disengaged, wife feels disconnected, so she puts in what we call as enmeshment or fuses on to the child mm. so we get a disengaged father we get an enmeshed mother and then we have a child who's put in this double bind and parentified and parentified because she's because that child's now become the emotional surrogate for mom so and this is when we go to always blaming the mothers i know i know listen we're ladies too but just go with but, us here but if you think about it it's a cycle right so like, it's like everyone oh. affects each other there's not just one person who's the problem um it is a cycle in that dynamic and so if that's something that has persisted and the son over time was continually expected to be the emotional surrogate for the mother um and to comfort her when she was Mm -hmm. sad when she was lonely and once again this can be through covert or overt well, and also ideas. the reason it was happening was really to diffuse anxiety between mom and dad because this also came from a time when divorce really wasn't socially acceptable. Mm. So mom and dad were limited with connection and with 
what type of help and support that they right. had so things just became diffused through child triangle the child was that's, triangulated that's into what we talk about yeah so so then the child almost feels responsible yeah for so it's so hard for them to set those boundaries so right. then you come in as the partner to that child and you're like what do you mean your mom's fine and what about me and what about our family but you're forgetting about the decades of shit that was put onto them they it's very hard for them to like set that boundary right so for this person with a helicopter mother-in-law first i would say what is going on with your partner Mm. and how do you both feel about it and what's the conversation between you and your partner we cannot change people we can't actually change your mother-in-law good god woman i wish i could for you (laughs) um i would like to send you a quick note and say i'm so sorry um but what we can do is change our dynamic with our partner and be on the same page of what we're going to do moving forward. And it's probably going to be him setting up boundaries. And the fact of the matter is, it's not going to be easy. Like, no, this, this sucks. Ju- it sucks. And it takes a transition of your husband and a transition of your mother-in-law, yeah. right? And once again, change is scary. So for your mother to let go of that dynamic means she also has to acknowledge some of the pain that she went through mm-hmm. in her relationship. So that is not easy for people. But if the transition doesn't happen, then that means it's affecting your relationship now. And it's yeah. going to affect your relationship. Let's say you guys have kids um, it's going to continue to affect those relationships. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so it's got to happen one way or another. And if it doesn't, it might cause issues in your relationship. Yeah. And then the cycle continues. Absolutely. Um, okay. Setting boundaries with parents and in-laws when you have a new baby. Well, folks. <laughs> <laughs> this is something that comes Here's, up so This comes up all the time. Often. Here's the thing. If you're having a COVID baby, your life has been very tough. But here's one way you're going to win. That you can't let people over because you got to get that baby's immune system out. <laughs> so, you so you don't have to be the bad guy that says no. You can literally be like, my doctor says no. But, Sorry, can't do it. But one of the things you can do is beforehand, so you and your partner decide what you're comfortable with. Mm. So who do we want at the house afterwards? Like for me and my partner, um, when I had my daughter, it was during flu season. So they actually didn't allow visitors besides the grandparents to come in. So we couldn't have like siblings aunts uncles any of that stuff right so what we had decided was we were okay with them coming to the hospital when we got home we wanted to like just have like the first night with just us there and not with anyone else Mm -hmm. so it's up for you and your partner to decide what you want in those first days and that might change it's also gonna be hard because of course everyone in your life is so excited for you and probably wants to come over and see baby but it's really hard i mean you're so exhausted when they come over you can also like it would be nice beforehand to say like hey when you come over if you could do the dishes or you could do the laundry right it's really hard when people come over and hold the baby and then you're doing fucking housework and you're like wait a second i could be sitting here like i want to like connect and attach to my own child so i think you really have to think about like what would be important for you and your husband and or you and your partner and what you guys decide and if you're struggling with postpartum like if absolutely you're also well, if you're... your baby blue you have the baby blues the first three weeks right. anyway and you're you're nuts right i mean so, i was nuts and if you're someone who's a people pleaser and everyone's it's asking very to hard. come over i want to see the baby i want to see the baby that is where you start to set those boundaries initially yeah. you say listen we're gonna take these three weeks and we're gonna spend mm-hmm. time with our new child yeah and i mean i've had clients tell me that they like they're having struggle because their parents want to be in the delivery room 
right so you have to decide who you want in that delivery room well now covid you can't so that's well, what i mean it's, 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 or, well, or it, it sucks or it sucks yeah. or all you wanted was your mom yeah. there and you're not allowed to have your mom yeah. right like so like yeah like this sucks like it's good and bad for all of it depending on what there's boundaries the most important thing is to decide like what do we want and then also like one things like let's say your in-laws or your parents are from out of town so they want to come in and stay with you do you really want people staying with you when you have a familiar? newborn this doesn't feel familiar <laughs> no, at all no, no. <laughs> My in-laws didn't do that. They were very respectful. <sighs> they were in Florida when I had my child. <laughs> they weren't here at all. Um, so, like, you can think, like, all right, so, like, if people come in from out of town, do we want them to stay at a hotel? Do we want them to stay with someone else, right? Like, what are we allowing in our home? And for you and your partner, the most important thing is you and your partner have to be on the same page. Yes. You have to be because nothing will be um, enforced if, if you're on different pages. And it's something that will persist throughout your relationship over time, right? So like really getting on the same page with your boundaries and also both being able to express them in the same way yeah. to other people. And the thing is, if you start off by not setting those boundaries, then it enables your mother-in-law or parents to continue the same Absolutely. thing over yeah. and over again. Yeah. You're almost enabling them yeah. to just come over whenever yeah. they want. Or... Well, and I think when it especially comes to like having a newborn, you're so fucked up after you have a baby. Mm-hmm. Your body feels like you got hit by a truck. Your emotions are fucking crazy. Your tits are like spraying everywhere. <laughs> Baby's crying. I mean, it is like... It, it is some it is some like oh, horror okay. movie shit so you in the moment you really can't decide right. because you're just like so like who knows if you had a c-section it's totally different like so it's hard to say so i would really really empower first of all if you have the finances hire a doula that can help you work through some of these things love over fear wellness best doula does virtual stuff and helps you come up with a plan there's also some free like duels in training you yes yeah 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 they can yes yes like want the training absolutely right so like the most important thing is to, like to figure it out beforehand because once the baby actually comes you're gonna be in it's, it's not gonna be great <laughs> a, you're wearing a diaper you're bleeding things are happening you know okay we are like almost at the end of our time we gotta do one more question and then listen this once again we're gonna do we're gonna, another we're gonna do like we have 10 so we have questions. so many questions we're just gonna do like 10 more of these okay constant negativity from future sister-in-law gets angry on other people's behalf lots of complaints help so listen there's something going on with your sister-in-law yeah she's going through some shit well you're also very much experiencing like family rules in Mm -hmm. in that family right so like yeah she's maybe she's the defender of everyone she's the defender she speaks up for people um no one else shares their emotion yeah yeah, yeah. she maybe is triangulated yes or she feels like no one stands up for her so she tries to stand up for everyone else trying to get her needs and obviously we're assuming but i think the question is too is like to ask yourself how is this affecting you right? Mm-hmm. Like what's coming up for you and and what are you doing about it? Are you staying silent and holding it in? Um, and is it something that's building and building and building? My guess is it probably is because he asked us this question. Um, how does her anger start to affect you? And once you understand that, as once again, we talk about differentiation of self, that the goal is to respond to her without reacting, yeah. right? So if right now the re- a reaction is also withdrawing and it's mm-hmm. also holding things in, we typically think of a reaction so, yeah, as so, anger in some so, way. So like a reaction is imploding or exploding, right. right? So you can be an explosion, but you also implode where you like don't do Withdrawal anything. Withdrawal and, it and yep. you shut down. That is also a reaction. And yes. we don't typically think about as, that as a reaction, but it is. So think about how is it affecting you what is your reaction to it um and to really work through those feelings to be able to set that boundary if you feel like you need to or you feel like it's something that's really important to you um 
to be able to to say to her, hey, listen, um, you know, this is something that's affecting me. Like, can we talk about something different? Can we, you know, because mm-hmm. I don't know the context here, but it just sounds like the negativity is getting to you. Yeah. And so you're going to have to think about, like, how much time can you spend with this person? Yeah. Like, you're allowed to say, no, I don't want to go to that. Yeah, absolutely. I don't want to get lunch. Yeah. This is like, you know, I think we talked about another episode, but like, you know, Triple F, like forced family fun, especially in summertime. Mm. This is a whole thing, right? Like, it's going to be so fun. We're going to the beach and then you all hate each other by the end. If it, yeah. like, that's what we call like an FFF. That's some forced family fun. Like, and if you're... When really you're just hot and have sex Yeah, in your and like set the... Which is the worst the feeling. Worst. Yeah, but but when you spend that much time together, you gotta set those boundaries. You gotta yeah. walk away. Take time for yourself. It's so so important. And you can set mental boundaries where you're gonna have to say to yourself, "Man, she is clearly going through something. I'm gonna go take a walk around the block." And to know that's not about me. It's, not so, about it's yet, yeah. something that's going on with her. So those mental and emotional yeah. boundaries are so so important. Yeah. So listen. We're going to stop right now because it's a long-ass episode and we have so many more questions that we're going to get to and we are going to get to them in our next episode, but we hope this was helpful for you. Once again, check in with your genogram. See if there's anything you wrote down while we were talking that felt important. Um, Look at your genogram, look at your family family tree, tree, as we called it, um, and and try to add to it. See if there's anything that came up for you. Dig into it. Mm -hmm. Um, You can listen to our next episode. See if there's anything you want to add to it. This is going to be a three-parter. So listen to all three parts. Follow us on Instagram for some of these questions and the follow-up suggestions. Um, If you have any questions, reach on out to us. If you think this is going to be helpful for someone. Send it to them. Send it to them. If If you think it'll be helpful for your family. Send, Send it, it to, on them. Over to them. <laughs> they it's can like, hate us and not you. <laughs> and that is setting a boundary in yeah. some way, right? Like, listen to this. This is why I'm setting a boundary. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Send it on over to them. We will continue this. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks we for appreciate listening. you so much. We love you. Love you. Take care of yourself. We'll see you all soon. Peace.